Hello and welcome to the One More Songcast. I'd like to introduce to you a three-part series that we're going to be releasing over the coming weeks. It's all about the money side of the local music business, what would be considered a bit of a touchy subject maybe to some. So we're going to be discussing that relationship between pub owner and musician, but also talking about the interactions that you might have when when you're booking weddings, when you're booking parties, etc., but also dealing with agents and stuff like that as well. So we're going to be covering all the money side, the touchy subjects that maybe others aren't willing to cover. I remember when I first started out, I struggled to know what to charge at gigs. I struggled with the awkwardness of going collecting money, with negotiating, taking deposits. But after being stung a couple of times and hearing stories and stuff, you you, you learn from your mistakes. Hopefully, if you're just getting started out in, in the local music business, then maybe you could avoid some of the mistakes that, that we made or I made. I think it's just nice to hear other musicians talk about things. Just getting an idea of how it generally works, how you can avoid awkward situations and be as professional as possible, basically. Look out for part two coming up and part three, and we hope you enjoy part one. How are we doing, Lee? You all right? Yeah, not bad, mate. How are you? Should we explain a little bit where we are today, what we're sort of doing and that? Yeah, well, well we're, in, we're in a house that uh, <laughs> your dad's bought and yeah, yeah. soon to be renting out, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, so uh, we thought whilst we're here, we'll do a, do, do a mini episode, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do today. And uh, we're going to talk about we're talking about payments today, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. First of all, like, how were your gigs this weekend? Because obviously we had, the, we had Friday night. Yeah, yeah, of course. So we're, we're in. When we recorded this, it's end of November, isn't it? So yeah. we did the White Bear in Adlington. Adlington. Yeah. So that was me, you, and your granddad, weren't it? Went down pretty well, didn't it? It was good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, seemed to get a good bit of feedback. A couple of dances. Um, your dad had a high school reunion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that. That, I don't think that woman was too happy with us that we didn't play Bad Moon Rising. Oh, that's she? it, Bad Moon Rising, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we just didn't bother, did we, in the end? It was a, nah, we got away with that, I think. Yeah, I think so, yeah. But yeah, then after that, I did the... St- my granddad were ill, so I did the station on my own on Saturday night. Decent, it was good, it was very busy. Um, we had West Ham fans in there, because obviously the train station is right. right behind it. So they had Cardiff City fans in, because Preston had played Cardiff. Yeah. And then West Ham fans, because Burnley had played Right, oh, so they had to come through Preston. So they had to all go through that train station, yeah. So you had this Cockney guy at the bar speaking to my dad. um, And my dad was like, oh, yeah, Um, they were playing Preston, were they? And he was like, no, Preston are in the championship. And he was like, all right, right. So you were playing Preston today, were you? No, no, they're in the championship. (laughs) And I was like, dad, no, they've played played Burnley. And he's like, oh, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) So he's probably asking, why didn't you go to Burnley? Yeah, yeah, exactly, so... (laughs) Yeah, and then you had all the Cardiff City fans in there. They were they were happy because uh, they're beating Preston, so they were singing around and stuff. So yeah, it was, it's always a good. It's a very flowy pub. That one. There's uh, people in and out all the time. Yeah. So if you want to do one from the first set in the second or third set, you can. You know, it's one of them. Really. All right. So you could just plan two of the same set. And Literally, get away yeah. with it, like... you'd, you'd have ninety percent of uh, you know had left. And, yeah, yeah. So yeah. What about yourself? Yeah. So. Uh... After our gig on Friday, I did uh, a gig with Flash Floods on Saturday, and that was at uh, Longridge Conservative Club. Mm. Um, brilliant night. Like, we just managed to get the sound absolutely right. 
And um, Chris, it was the best I've ever heard him sing. Mm. Like, oh, Chris Bolden here, he'll be on our Christmas special there, oh, not yeah, so long, yeah. and then not too near future. Uh, we had Jack, who was on here as well. He was stood on a chair <laughs> with his wireless system. <laughs> I went into the crowd dancing with mine, and decided to just take the in-ear monitors out and just go for it. Um, yeah, so it was really fun. We played really well. Um, yeah, everyone just everyone's just absolutely on it. And then Sunday, I was with Bear, fan of the podcast, uh, Ben Faraday. Yeah, um, yeah. He supported me at Riston uh, Cricket Club. Um, last couple of times I've played there, there's been an old school friend that's, she now moved to Riston. Mm. Um, so every time her dad actually used to play football with my dad as well. So like they come up, <laughs> her dad gets absolutely wasted every time. Um, and then starts telling me stories about like me, him and my dad's old footy team and all that. So yeah, it sounds like they had a few good nights out and a few characters in that dressing yeah, room. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, the gig was absolutely brilliant. It was just bouncing second set. Um, took a while for the crowd to interaction to be to go and be going on, but now in the end it was just absolutely bouncing. So nice. three gig weekend, and needless to say, I need a bit of a rest tonight. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's one of them. You go from if you do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then it's Monday pod. We've yeah. got a Tuesday pod this week as well. Yeah, it's so it's just like non-stop, and then before you know it, you blink your eyes, you're back into Friday, Saturday, Sunday again. So yeah, no yeah, rest for the that. wicked, as they say. Yeah. But. Uh, so our topic today then, Lee, is is payments. Yep, so we've got a few things to cover here. So the first thing I wanted to say um, is basically a, the most important thing is how you agree payment. Mm. So what is your process when you're getting a, a booking a gig in? How do you agree payment? How do you go about agreeing your fee? You don't have to obviously say your fee. Yeah, uh, well, it's... it's... It's a tricky one. I think there's two, there's two ways to look at it. If you're approaching a venue or if they're approaching you, I think mm. your tactics are slightly different. I don't know if tactics is the right word. Um, but yeah, generally, I think generally it's, it's usually the first thing that they ask you, isn't it? How much? And yeah. then you have to then explain, well, this is what I do. And for this, 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 and mm. this, I'll be this. And yeah, that's kind of how I do it, really. I mean, most of my interactions are on, on Messenger and stuff like that. I do have the odd phone call where I negotiate and stuff like that. But yeah. generally, it's if, if a venue messages me, the first thing they usually come in with anyway is how much. Yeah. So then you find yourself explaining what you're getting for this much almost. And, yeah. and, and then it go, goes from there, really. So, like, the way I base it, like, obviously, yeah, if you approach them, then you've kind of got to be a bit flexible, mm. like you say. But, you know, I'll go in, it's so so much for this, for two 45-minute sets, and obviously you're hiring my gear. Mm. I'm traveling this far to your venue. Yeah, so you, yeah. If you're self-employed particularly, you've got to work out, like, what your expenses are. So I know some people will actually, like, agree to have so many free drinks in there or right, drinks yeah. included anyway. Yeah. Um but, like, you've got to think about whether it's worth your time. If you're, you know, full-time employed and it doesn't matter to you, this is just a bit of extra cash, mm. maybe maybe it's not a thing. You don't maybe bump it up for travel or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, if you've got a hotel to stay in, I know some people actually pay for you to do the wedding. Yeah. And then they're, like, uh, they're, they're actually paying for your hotel and stuff oh, like yeah, that as well. Yeah. There's people that are willing to do that. I did a few in Scotland a couple of years ago. Um, they'd seen me at a gig in Chorley and right. said, oh, we're, we've got a wedding in Scotland. We'd love you to come and do it, blah, blah, blah. I didn't think anything of it. 
But yeah, like you say, yeah, then have to factor in all the fuel and, and accommodation as well. So they put me up they, um, and then I ended up doing another wedding off the back of that. So I ended up going to Scotland about three times in the same year. Yeah. Um, but like I say, it's like not only are they paying for a wedding fee, but they're also paying for you to stay over and all the fuel it takes to go from Chorley to Scotland. Oh, yeah, it's so a full tank of fuel. It's a great as well. experience, but uh, yeah, it's a, you know, you, you have to, that is when you have to explain to them, right, well, you know, yeah. you, you are going to have to put me up because, you know, I'll be there all day. I think one of them, though, I did travel back the same night, so it weren't too bad, but it was, yeah, uh, yeah it was... Was it an afternoon to do that? Yeah, it was kind of like um, post-ceremony and like during the the uh, wedding breakfast so then it got right. to like f- six o'clock or whatever and i'd done so then whatever it was four hour three hour drive back home or whatever so yeah, yeah it weren't so, too bad but it's yeah. a long old drive to scotland isn't it, as yeah well, like i don't I, well going back to what you were saying about fuel and stuff i don't necessarily mention that if a pub contacts me but you bear that in mind then yeah when you're planning the price you know kind of yeah. thing but you will have some venues as me and you know both know well where that's the, the set price for the pub it doesn't matter if you're coming from god knows cumbria or wherever yeah that's the set price that they charge and they won't budge too much on that so it just does depend on the venue yeah. and you know also whether they've booked you for maybe five six times in that year you know mm. the owners well you know the setup is generally easy or or you know then you can kind of keep the price the same but yeah it's 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 it's, it's a tricky one but yeah, yeah i think the other thing that people don't consider is like when they're booking you for 245 minutes they're not just booking you for 245 minutes you like they're hiring your gear one yeah. thing but you're yeah. also they're paying you for your time in the venue yeah 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 so whenever someone goes to a work if you don't have a specific workplace then the workplace would technically pay you from when you leave your house mm. and that should be yeah how it is yeah, um, I, I, I think that's why if, so say like if somebody has a gripe, they go, oh, you only do an hour and a half, I'm paying you this much. Well, I think, yeah, but then you've factored all that in, haven't you? Mm. So like you say, it's not necessarily that they're paying you for that, but mm. it's kind of like the money that we get for the amount of time that we're performing, it probably seems like quite a lot. Mm. But like when you say when, I mean, I end up setting off about, say the venue's half an hour away, I like to get there about an hour before to set up. Mm. Um, you know, because you sound check, set up, yeah, going and getting changed and all that. And sometimes an hour and 15, you know, it depends. So like you say, you can be setting off from your house at six o'clock and not get back till half 11, 12 o'clock for half eight gig, you know, so. Yeah, and I think as well, like there's a, there's a list of things like I've seen these like memes describing what people think they're paying for yeah. and it's like an hour and a half of music yeah. or um, an hour and a half of music for someone to sing. Yeah. But what you're yeah. actually paying for is the gear, the the clothing that you're wearing, yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the time you're in the venue, the travel expenses, the, yeah. like everything, the massive list of what you're oh, actually yeah. paying for for a musician. That leads quite nicely onto the next part, which is when to drop the fee. Mm. So when would when would you typically consider dropping your fee? So for one thing, I've got mates rates. Mm. Do you have you done gigs at mates rates before, or would you? Yeah, I have. Um, it depends how friendly you are. Like we were sort of saying off camera before, you feel like when it comes to gigging, 
even if someone's just met you once, they feel like they're your, it's hard to say, they feel like they're your mate, but everyone wants the, the best price, even if they've met you once in a pub and they've chatted to you for 15 minutes. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, but I know you from things. So that's always difficult. I think mates rates in terms of like doing your friends' parties and weddings and stuff. Yeah, yeah of course. Like you'll, you'll sort them out a good price. I mean, there's even been times for very, very close friends where I've done it for free and stuff, which is, you know, it's part of it, I suppose. It's just like you get your mate to come and help you with your boiler or something if, the, if mm. that's their trade, you know, and yeah. they probably wouldn't charge you. It's a similar thing for self-employed people, I think. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, yeah, mates' rates, um, it just it just depends, really. It's, unless you're very close mates, they find it difficult to sort of... Because like I say, everyone will say that they're your friend to some degree, so it's difficult, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, well, I think it's, it's similar to that one, to a venue, like... If they're book it, they've offered you five or six gigs a year, you can maybe afford to do it at a lower price. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. it's not like it's not like you're gonna go, okay, yeah, you're booking me five times, but I'm gonna charge you X amount. Yeah. Like even if you're traveling a bit further to get there, you'll probably factor in a rate that still enables you to cover your travel, but mm. maybe it would be lower than if it was just a one off booking. Yeah. I think there's a lot of factors with that. And like you say, it does depend how close you are to the person or the venue or yeah. how many times you get booked. Um, the next one would be working with budgets. This one is probably mm. a common one. It's, it's tough, this, um, because like them two, it's sort of, it's a bit besides the point, but let's say, for example, someone contacts you for a gig, you don't know what price, price they have in mind, do you? So it's really difficult to say like, oh, this is my price. And they go, oh, brilliant, fantastic. And you're like, oh, maybe I could have done it for a bit more. Or they go, or they might go, oh, no way, sorry, we're not, we're not interested now. And so it's difficult to meet in the middle because you don't want to undersell yourself and, and do a gig for a price that isn't right for mm. you. But also you don't want to go in too way above that they just talks break down, you know. It's, uh, so it's, it's difficult to... So I think, I think it was you that told me, it might have been somebody else, you said, maybe start asking them, well, what's your budget? And it's yeah, it was, a good thing and it's a bad thing because they could just lie and yeah. say, oh, my budget's £100. And you'd be like, right, okay, well, that's not going to work. No. Or they or they could be like, well, this is what we usually pay for bands. And you could go, all right, okay, then. Well, my fee is usually this, but, you know, I can maybe work with you on that. Or, or how does this sound? So, yeah, it can work one or two ways, that really. Yeah, I think there's a way to go in with that. I think at certain events, like... If someone approaches me, I'll generally go in with a like I've, I'm getting a price document together because right, it's just yeah, yeah. you end up having to say right if you offer a few different things like I do acoustic backing tracks or like I'm starting to do next year some like sort of theme nights whether it's like sixties night, um, noughties indie night and nineties yeah, yeah. indie night. You know there'll be a few different things there, so I'm I'm now going in with a price list. Or normally I'm offering a trio, I'm offering the band, I'm offering the solo mm. if it's a venue that does. Uh, different types of acts so i'll go in with a few prices and it just ends up being one long message mm. but if they say that's too expensive that's when i ask the question well what is your budget let's yeah. see if we can get closer yeah. to it yeah if um but if i've approached them generally i'll try and say listen if we can like, oh, right, okay, that's a bit lower than what I would take, but if you can book me two or three times, mm. we I can probably work with that. Yeah, yeah. So then you're not feeling like you're losing out as much because yeah. you're covered then till the end of the year. If it's obviously miles and miles away, 
you can't keep going to somewhere for like a lesser fee as yeah. such. It's difficult if 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 you hold the cards in the sense like mm. I've said it a couple of times. I quite lucky. I don't really go looking for gigs that often. So when somebody comes to me. I wouldn't say you hold the cards necessarily, but it's like, well, you tell them your fee, they've come to you. So if they don't like that, then that is what it is. Mm. Whereas if I suppose you're you're wanting more gigs and you go into venues because you need more gigs, then you're the one that has to be a bit more flexible because yeah. you know you want that gig. It's difficult though because you can go in at a certain price and go, if you want to book me after this, it's this. And then people can take advantage of that and just yeah. book you for the one gig on, a, on yeah. a really cheap fee and then you won't hear from them again, yeah. regardless of how good the gig went. Mm. Um, so yeah, that is tricky as well. But it's you've got to, like I said before, you've got to balance it between they're contacting you. So they obviously like you or they've heard good things about you or they've actually seen you at a gig before. So that means you can go in with your usual prices. Whereas if there's a venue that you really want to go to yeah. um, and they're proving a bit difficult, then you might have to be a bit more flexible, really. That, that's the bottom line of it. Really, that, is, that is, no, that's a massive fact. So another one that I sometimes drop the fee for, it just depends what you're doing. If the PA is provided. Mm. So... My my take on this, Luke, is if there's a sound engineer there, they've got someone looking after me like that, I could mm. turn up with just an acoustic guitar and a couple of leads, yep. and I'm going on half an hour before I start. Probably, if there's more bands on, like, or whatever, if it's like a, if it's like a festival setup. Yeah. Do you ever really drop your fee for that? Mainly because it's like it's a shorter set as well. Yeah, so you have to yeah. come up with a fee for that. Generally. I think it's uh, so I said before I'm doing the Christmas markets in Chorley and they have full PA provided, don't they? And they have a sound engineer as well. Um I, I get a bit we and you are very different in the sense that um PA provided is is good, but I'm not always that confident on using other people's gear. So if you've got a sound engineer there as well, then brilliant. But if you haven't, I never really feel comfortable messing around with other people's mm. speakers and stuff like that. So I feel like if it, it's more of an inconvenience that for me. Like so, when someone yeah. says, "Oh, we've got a PA," I'll be like, "Yeah, but I use my own anyway." If they've got a sound engineer, then that's different because hopefully you know what they're doing. Yeah. But my point is, yeah. So the one in Chorley has got a sound engineer. It's they've got their own PA. I know that I'm going to have to bring a lot less equipment, yeah. and you'd hope that you're in good hands sound wise as well. So it's like, yeah, you kind of go. I said, I said it to Neil actually, who organises the events. I said, "Oh, well, seeing as you've got your own sound engineer." And, and equipment system I said you know uh, I'll do it for this price and he was like why does that mean it's cheaper or dearer and I was like well obviously cheaper because I'm not having to bring as much stuff and he didn't, he didn't quite get why that would be cheaper at the no. start but when you explain it yeah he understood so I think that is the thing isn't it like it just depends because like a lot of venues when they provided a PA it used to be some of the worst stuff like, provi like provided to you now, I think whenever I've been into a venue that's got a PA, like a half decent, mm. like they're not, not always the best, mm. but they're, they're half decent most of the time. So if you've got someone able to provide that to you, like where it's half decent sound and you can yeah. work with it yeah. or it's something you've used before and you, could, you know how to tweak it, yeah. then great. But 
if you're doing the work yourself, I think there's still yeah. an element of that. Like you're still probably going to want to get there an hour before to make sure know, everything's all right. So even more so because if you're then messing about with something that you, yeah. you, you know, at least you know your own gear, so it's going to be a faster setup. Even though everything's there, yeah. If you're trying to get the EQ right, and you know what it's like at some venues, well, you can't actually really get out to listen in some because it's so no. cramped and crowded. Yeah. So if you're playing on somebody else's PA system, like I noticed it at the dog houses here that you play at and Chris yeah. plays at. Um, some nights it's difficult, but they're overhead, aren't they? Yeah. But um, some nights that seems very, very busy. So you, you are playing with fire a little bit in the sense of sound, but then maybe I'm just a bit too anal with it well, as well. Well, the difference is at the doghouse, you've got your own desk and it plugs into their yeah, speakers. Yeah. So more oh, than anything, right, yeah. so it's not necessarily that they've got a full PA provided. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's the fact that it's half the work mm. still because a mi plugging a mixer into a, a wall... Yeah is different than putting two speakers on a stand and yeah, all that. It's yeah, a yeah. lot of extra lifting speakers they are. Especially yours, they're quite heavy, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think it literally does depend on what the PA mm. provided is. Have they got a sound engineer or not? Yeah. If they haven't, then it's not really mm. something I'm sort of willing to drop my fee or a fee for. If they've got a sound engineer and you can literally be in a venue like you're playing an hour and you can be in and out within two hours, mm, yeah. then fair enough. Yeah. Like, because they are actually almost paying you for a two-hour time slot. It's like half yeah, your yeah, time yeah. to what you normally are. Yeah, and I think I factor that into the Christmas markets. I think when we did the Exton Beer Festival as well, we had full sound engineer and stuff. So, like you say, I don't think we would have... We, we got as much as maybe what you would get for a trio that day, but, like, it no. was fairly easy, weren't it? Yeah. To a degree. So, um, again, you have to factor that in, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe with a trio, it's a lot more because of the electric guitar, the, the acoustic drums. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a bit different. That, but, yeah. but at least they're providing the mics for yeah, it and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so the next one is charity gigs. So... You know, there's a bit of a tough one with this. Mm. It's a bit of a grey area because, you know, there's sometimes it depends who's setting it up for me. Yeah. Like, what is the cause? Mm. Who's setting it up? And when you when they promise you exposure, mm. like, show me, like, tell me how many tickets have sold. Like, what what is it? Yeah. Is it a ticketed event? What is it that I'm actually getting exposure for? Because. Yeah. Someone will go, oh, but it'll be great exposure. Yeah, but mm -hmm. to people that are never going to book you yeah. again. Yeah, I think a um, bit of a red flag with this one. I think when I very first started out singing with the band um, that I was first in, they were very obsessed about doing charity gigs and stuff, but they had their own jobs. A lot of them were retired. Um, gigging wasn't the priority. Whereas for working musicians like it sounds harsh to say but there's only so much charity you can do when it's your when it's your job really yeah um maybe when you're starting out and you want that experience i suppose it's similar to the open mic kind of um attitude attitude or sort of approach um in the sense that you know you're building your experience and what's better to do that than in a live environment maybe you do some charity stuff but if someone came up to me now and said you know i've got a charity do on blah 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 would i do it unless it was something that was very close to home probably not because i need i need the money for for income like anybody else it's like it's like a plumber or whoever you know they say oh i've got a, a charity house or maybe not the same but can you donate your your fee that you do to fix my house up to charities more than likely going to say no isn't he yeah. so the the only only reason i would do a charity gig 
for example, you know, I know a boy personally who spends a lot of time at Derry and House. So if there was ever an event on where he was involved, I would probably do that as, you know, for free. Um, and sometimes I've done care homes for free if I know, you know, know the residents and stuff like that. But very rarely would I do charity gigs just on a whim for, for a charity that I have no affiliation with, particularly, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think my attitude's changed with this. Like... <laughs> I think at the start, it was like a chance to showcase my original music. Like right, I, was, yeah. I was doing it with, um, well, it was Lost in Echoes now before the impact. Um, we were doing it then. I was doing a few myself. Because I play originals music, like a lot of the time you are playing for free. Most, mm. of, the, uh, most of the time, if you can't get your mates there, then you're going to be pay- playing for free because you're not selling the tickets mm. to get paid a lot of the time. And then like the most you're going to get most of the time is like a bit of expensive a bit of expenses covered or mm. whatever. Um, but to do a charity gig where they say, oh, yeah, it's 245s, I, and, like, we need you to provide the PA, not a chance. Mm. Like, and I think my attitude mainly changed towards this because you see food vendors coming out. You're having to pay for food. Like, you're not telling yeah, me they're, yeah. get, they're not getting anything yeah. out of it. They're not donating the profits. The bars, if it's in a pub, they're not donating their profits most of the time. So you wouldn't... Like, there's people working for charities that get paid by the charities. Yeah. They've got a wage as well. So there's got to be... For me, there's got to be an offer yeah, to be yeah, paid. Yeah. And if... Yeah then it's, I'll make the decision to donate that fee. Right, I see, yeah. But then, um, then is it not the pressure then? Or um, I suppose it's it's your decision at the end then. Yeah, I think yeah. if they offer the money, yeah. then I'll some I'll actually generally offer to waiver the travel or something mm. like that because I can just can say, like, right, do you know what? Yeah. Normally it'd be this, but just donate that bit mm. to charity for me and, like, we'll call it there. And I'll, I'll maybe reduce the rate, but only if they offer. If they say it's completely free or it's, yeah, you know, if it's miles away and they're like an hour away and they want me to do an hour set mm. and they've not provided anything, it's yeah. just not possible. It's just in any other walk of life. Yeah, obviously charity is fantastic if you could do, if you can do that and you're in a position to do mm. that, then brilliant. But like, what you know if you did a charity gig every week or or whatever or you're constantly helping people out that spot you yeah then you know how's that how how are you going to be able to they say charity starts at home for, first and foremost so it's difficult to to like make a living if you're going to be constantly yeah. doing charity gigs so maybe the odd one here and there is fine but i don't think anyone can hold it against you really as a regular thing can they you know yeah this ties in with the next one i did just put freebies down so like mm. you said you've done some stuff for free for mates i know dj pants in longridge um i think he started listening to the podcast the other week. yeah <laughs> hello um so shout hello. out to shout out to pants if you're listening mate um he does loads around longridge but because he travels a country he's like in a paul heaton tribute act or beautiful right, south yeah, tribute yeah. He'll do loads around the country. So if he makes his, he's got a limit where if he makes that money, then he'll go and offer his 100 quid gigs or his free gigs. Right. So this is, comes in like when to reduce your rate sort of thing. Like if he goes down to Hertfordshire, for example, he'll find a place halfway between, he'll stay over the night and then right. go, right. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. Like, he'll yeah. use it as an, a, a chance to get, um, like get him and his missive some time away as well. Mm. So what he'll do is he'll find a place halfway home, say, right, we'll go and stay there the night, and he'll ring around a load of pubs yeah. and say, 
listen, do you want a singer for the night? A hundred quid. Right, it's gonna cost okay, you. I see, yeah. And like most of them will take it. So then as long as he gets his expenses covered, he's got enough for his bills, then he'll do that. Right, I see, yeah. And yeah then, that's um, quite interesting, yeah. He did, yeah, yeah he did Christmas. But that's not doing charity gigs on the way home, is it? No, it's just doing extra like, little bits and bats. It's something I just thought about, but yeah. he'll also do yeah. like freebies for mates. Yeah. Like he'll like, he did Chris's 40th yeah. and wouldn't take a penny for it. Chris wasn't allowed to pay for his beer. He just said, no, you've asked me to do your party. You're a mate of mine. I'm not going to charge you. Yeah. And that's... Again, if you can do that, great. Yeah, if, like yeah, you definitely. said, he has to make his money first before yeah, he can do that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think people always say like, "What's the best price you can do?" and 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 then when you actually explain it to him and say, "Well, yeah, I have knocked you a little bit off, but you know, it's this, 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 and this." It's you know, I, I sort of had it with somebody recently where they were like, "Oh, it's just way out of our budget," and I was like, "Yeah, I get that. I have taken a little bit off, but it's it's very close to Christmas, and you know, and and take it or leave it kind of thing, really." Um, you know, yeah. so you've got to be a bit strong-willed. Like, if somebody says no and they want you to do it for for for, for yeah. a lot less, just consider like, is it worth it? And if yeah. it isn't, then don't do it. I know? think it, I think the other thing is it's because there's other people out there willing to go out for lower, which is fine. Yeah, but that's their price. It's yeah. not my price. Like, I had someone quote like ask for a quote for a wedding. Mm. I'm like, well, what do you want? Where is it? Like. What time we've got access to the venue? Because there's a lot of questions when you're agreeing a fee oh, as well, isn't there? Weddings especially, yeah. So you've got to take into account certain things. And then when I said the price, and they're like, oh, no, no. We we had someone that we know, like, we're just going to do it for this much. Yeah. So that's our budget. I was like, well, I don't think <laughs> you're going to get many people yeah. willing to do that. Everything's premium at the price. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like, <laughs> I know, like, I know there are, there will be bands out there that just because it's a wedding, like knock five times onto the price yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes, understandably so, depending where it is and how local it is. But like, like just don't expect everyone to do the same thing because there's different situations. You mm. know, that guy might have a full time job and he, you've gone and see him quite a lot, and he considers you a friend or a, yeah. someone close enough to know that he might get repeated bookings out yeah, of or. Yeah, yeah. He's not bothered about the money, like whereas I have to be bothered about yeah, the money. Exactly, yeah. That that's sort of that that's what I was trying to get. I hope it's come across in the right way with the charity gigs as well. Mm. Like I ha- we we have to make money. So yeah. it's you know, unless we or we do another job. So it's uh, it's one of them really, you know. So if you want to see me as well practice, hopefully that you think I am and stuff, then then I've got to be making some money from it or else I'll have to go into a different career ultimately. So Yeah, and just to know. just to let people know who are going out and doing stuff for less money. Like we're not here to tell you what you should be charging. The market there is a market that kind of dictates a rough fee, but yeah. it's, at the end of the day, it's your choice. There's so many gigs around. That yeah. If you're if you're happy to go out for a, a really low fee, like people say that it affects the market, but ultimately, if you know your worth, and ultimately, if if you're good enough as well, the gigs will come in. So it's it is what it is, you know. Yeah, and also like there are elements where like if you've been in a venue for a couple of years or whatever and they know you're good, they know what you're going to get out here and you say, listen, I can't do it for this much anymore. I'm yeah. going to have to up my fees because yeah. of this and this and that. Generally, they'll go, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Some people will have a, will take exception to that, but it's not. Thank you for making it to the end of our episode. There is going to be a part two and a part three available of our payment series. So if it is available, it will be available to watch in the palm of my hand right here. We look forward to seeing you on the next video. Cheers.